0: Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Garnell, and this is part one of the Nerdlogs Presents Your Stories November podcast, featuring the theme Heartland. This month, we're welcoming special guest Midwest Action to the show. They're a local artistic collective that works hard to share their love of regional music and other creative endeavors. Uh, they are super great people, and we were really stoked to team up with them. Uh, this episode, you'll hear from Midwest Action founder Alyssa Lee Welch, as well as comic artist Kevin Budnick, and local comedians Nathan Robert, Natasha Semrani, and Araceli Vargas. Plus, you'll get some heartland rock and roll from myself, Dwight Hassler, and Claire Friedman. Uh, so if you're listening to this around the time it drops, uh, then speaking of local art, I have a cool thing that you should do. This Thursday, the Nerdalogs are hosting an event at the Logan Theater called Nerdalogs Alpha. Uh, what happens is that we welcome video and board game developers from around the city to come playtest their work at one of the coolest theaters around uh, as part of the Logan's Nerdy November celebrations. Uh, this festivity kicks off at Logan Theater Thursday at 7, and it is totally free to attend. See our Facebook page for more info on that. Otherwise, guys, just keep listening to our podcast. We've got new episodes of Talking Games with Tim and Clayton every Tuesday, new episodes of MBSing with Mary Beth Smith every Wednesday, and new episodes of Your Stories every other Monday. I'm also going to need your help soon, compiling 2014's end-of-the-year best of Your Stories. Uh, next episode, there'll be some info on how you can help get your favorites from the year recognized, so keep listening for that. And otherwise, just enjoy the shows. Thanks so much. Guys, so the theme tonight, we always do a theme, we play songs about the theme, the theme tonight is Heartland, because we felt it kind of tied in nicely with Midwest Action's Mission, which we will talk about a little later, but I'm really stoked about this, uh, this kind of gets it exactly the kind of music and shit that I love, so uh, I'm really excited about the songs we're going to play tonight. Uh, to me, like, what we're saying tonight is like, music and art and whatever, it all, it means something, and that's that's what I hope to, fuck you, that's what I hope to convey, and these performances. Also, man, I missed last month at Your Stories. It's it's uh, three years, like Kevin said. I never missed a show until last month, and so I really missed you guys. and I, gotta I was make in it up Prague to you. That's in Budapest. True. I was on vacation, but uh, yeah, I gotta make it up to you. So I'm gonna play some stuff that I i really like. So only one way I can kick this off. <laughs>
1: In my guts, man, I'm caught in a crossfire
0: But the boss is my spirit animal. Thanks for indulging me. So, I think Bruce is kind of like, that is Heartland Rock, right? Like, he's the progenitor, he's the granddaddy. But, uh, lots of newer artists have kind of taken what he's done and, uh, and made it their own and taken it into worlds like punk. And, uh, 2N Melzer's not here. We're gonna do this for him, but we'll still do this for Claire. Do it
1: for me. This
0: goes out to some folks from Claire's hometown. Uh, this is a really fucking great song by a band called The Hold Steady.
2: was right boys and girls in america they have such a sad time together sucking on each other at the demonstrations making sure their makeup's straight crushing one another with colossal expectations depending on discipline lane. she was a really cool kisser but she wasn't all that strict of a Christian She was a damn good dancer, but she wasn't all that great of a girlfriend. He likes the warm feeling, but he's tired of all the dehydration. Most nights are crystal clear, but tonight it's like he's stuck between stations. A walk together and they ended up on Washington Talking to the river He said, I've surrounded myself with doctors and deep thinkers These big heads and soft bodies Make for lousy lovers There was a night that we thought that John Barryman could fly But he didn't, so he died She said, you're pretty good with words But words won't save your life And they didn't, so he died He wasn't drunk and exhausted He was critically acclaimed and respected the Golden Gophers, but he hated all the drawn-out winters. He likes the warm feeling, but he's tired of all the dehydration. Most nights were kind of fuzzy, but that last night he had total retention. Yeah, these Twin City Kisses, they sound like clicks and hisses. We all come down and drown in the Mississippi. In rust, we drink and we drive, and now we're crumbling to dust. We get wet and we corrode, and now we're covered up in rust. She was a really cool kisser, and she wasn't all that strict of a Christian. crystal clear but tonight it's like he's stuck between stations yeah these twin city kisses they sound like clicks and hisses we all come down and drown
0: all right it is time for more stories your stories more your stories coming up first in the second half a very good friend of mine a super talented artist Kevin, maybe you should talk to Midwest Action after the show. I don't know. Uh, he's also going to be doing uh, a signing at the comic book store that I manage, which I'm really excited about for his brand new book coming out November 1st called "Old Gum Wrappers and Grocery Lists." This is Kevin Budnick.
3: Yeah, Kevin Budnick. So, quick, I when I originally saw like the um, the Facebook event for this, I was like. Oh, it's the Black Rock? And then for some reason I thought the theme was hard place. <laughs> and that's real I thought, oh, that's really cute. And then I looked again later and I was like, fuck, because I'm a big fan of turns of phrase. <laughs> um, Why are you, thanks, Eric. Also, you're the best agent ever. I'm totally gonna talk to Midwest Action, I guess. We're here. <laughs> hey guys. All, all three of us. Um Okay so um, thinking in thinking about uh, heartland and what that means to me um, I it's fall in Chicago right now and Halloween in Chicago is one of the most like wistful feelings that I have memories about. Um, I went home recently to visit my folks. I'm from here. I grew up in Chicago, and uh, Halloween for me when I was a kid, we didn't have a, ho- a house. We lived in an apartment, uh, so it it wasn't like it wasn't very idyllic. It wasn't going up and down the streets. Uh, it was mostly just trick or treating in like in our apartment complex. Uh, but when I was in eighth grade, we moved to like West Rogers Park, like Kedzie and Howard. And um, we got a house. And so it changed. Everything changed for Halloween for me. And, like, those big orange pumpkin bags full of leaves, like, entered my life. And people would do their lawns with giant, like... Um I lived down the street from this guy who was uh, a biker. And he had, uh, like, a Frankenstein riding a motorcycle. It was an inflatable thing. Uh, and... Uh, my mom used to make these cheesecloth, like, ghosts. They're like It's like a craft project. You dip cheesecloth in, uh, in like, sugar water, and it's starch, and it turns into a little ghost, and it's super cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I haven't seen my folks in a while, and I was home. Uh, I was actually picking up copies of my book that Eric mentioned. Um, and I... Was riding my bike, and it just rained that morning, and it was still really overcast, and it's been chilly out, and it's honestly, to me, it's the perfect weather. It it drums up all these emotions and feelings uh, that I can only process through. uh, I don't really know how I process them. Sometimes (laughs) Uh, my my major emotional outlet is to draw comics about it, and I oftentimes draw a lot of things about my childhood. Uh, so I was riding my bike up through Rogers Park, and uh, there was this giant tree. Um, and I, living down in the city now, we still have trees. That's one of the coolest things about Chicago, is that it is a city that also has you know parks and beaches and things like that, that you can easily access. But when you get just a little bit further north you start to recognize like color in trees they're like orange and all the the things that you draw in like, coloring books and 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 movies that you see and it's like this is what fall this actually looks like for every other place in the world that's not a city uh, and i was struck by this giant yellow tree uh and it brought up all these weird Halloween, like all this, all this emotion started flooding back to me and all these memories. And I was thinking about, um, I wrote a few down. We used to have these like pumpkin carving parties, and that, like, I had this very, this sense memory of those thin plastic tablecloths that you just put out for like parties, like party tablecloths, and just, it's so specific and so tied to the place I grew up. I think that is the closest way I can articulate what Heartland means to me. And, oh, if I could put, like, a cheesy little button on it, um, I, would, I, I would urge anybody who's not quite sure what Heartland is to go out and find a big yellow tree. Thanks. Kevin Budnick, man,
0: Kevin's the best. I uh, highly recommend you all check out his art, and the Nerdlelies will definitely be posting about it when it is commercially available. Alright, guys, we have a couple new people to your stories tonight. First up, Nathan Roberts. Yeah.
4: I have a really loud voice, so I'm not even gonna try and mess with the whole microphone thing. Um, alright. So Heartland, this is a story about love, well, love, and geography. When I hear Heartland, I feel like the first thing that sort of comes to mind to me is this sort of like nebulous, mythological, romanticized region of the country that, or maybe whoever it was that sang that, well, ain't this America song? I don't know, was it Springsteen, John uh-huh. Cougar, Mellencamp? Yeah. Mellencamp, yeah. One of the two. Same person, really. Oh. Uh, we'll talk later. Oh, yeah. You can have some words.
0: His name is Cougar.
4: But it also got me thinking about the Heartland, That uh, vast emotional and physical geography we can't easily just cast off or push to the side or forget as we, you know, travel on some, this, some sort of grand, expansive, nomadic wanderlust. Um, those who know me pretty well know me as a person who wears my emotions quite literally on my sleeves. I am who I am at every moment and in every interaction. Um, I have heard this described as both equally my most frustrating and most redeeming characteristic. I'm unable to separate the heart from the land. Each failed relationship is tied to a location, usually determined by where I live at the time. The Marnie era is part of the Chicago era, even though she lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, the age of Sarah number two is in line with the five years I spent living in the Ann Arbor-Ypsilanti era. Ironically enough, she, Sarah number two, left me for a guy named Bobby who was from Heartland, Michigan. (laughs) Sarah and Bobby recently broke up after nearly five years together. Uh, For a few years before she started dating Bobby, Sarah and I used to be really close friends. I'm talking mandatory daily hour-long phone calls, seeing each other every couple of weeks despite real-world problems like college and living an hour away. Uh, Like I said, close. Close. But that pretty much ended when they started dating. He didn't really like me. I was jealous of him. And all those excuses and you know sacrifices two people make to try and stay in touch with each other, uh, they just seem to float away. Human chemistry is is such a fickle thing. We never can tell what effect a person is going to have on our lives before we meet them. What associations they will cause. What little hooks they will plunge into our psyches. A few months back, I briefly dated this girl who we will call V. I had met V in one of my grad school classes, and we shared the common interests of making fun of our fellow classmates, talking on Facebook during class, and chain-smoking before and after class and on breaks. She was Italian, one of those types who wears short shorts, barely like a third of the thigh length, even when it's October and goes to art school and did fashion for a while and, and fucking figure skates. Anyway, you know, those types. I spent nine months awkwardly trying to date her. And approximately six days actually dating her. But that's not the point though, that's not the point. Heartland. Heartland. She contacted me not too long ago to come over to her apartment and kill a cockroach. (laughs) Sarah texted me the other day and said she wanted to come visit. What amazes me sometimes is how much of a jealous person I really am. And I know it's not a warden thing in a lot of these situations. I don't control other people's lives as if I should or could, but awareness doesn't always equal practice. At least as much as we all wish it could I think it is a selfish but true fact That we don't consider a person to exist Before we meet them In an entirely real way, they don't Um, We recognize that they are an entity Which contains thoughts and emotions and feelings And memories before we met them And will continue to do so after we met them And irregardless of if we have actually met them Um, But from that point we've created our own reality of that person. They are allowed to fill in the details situationally. Um, but I think we are allowed to create that reality, uh, just like we do our location. And I think that jealousy is what happens when a situation goes differently from what we expected, from what we wanted. When the chemicals go off, when the psyche gets those hips born deep down inside of it. When something, someone, disrupts our heartland.
0: Thanks. Now we all got shit to think about, and trust me, we will get back to Johnny Cougar later. Uh, coming up next to the stage, a, a returning friend of the Nerdlogs. We haven't seen her for a couple of months, but man, she told some baller stories before she uh, took an absence of, uh, from Chicago for a few weeks. But now she is back. Natasha Semrene.
5: I recently moved back with my family. It was a pretty tough decision, but it really has given me a fresh new perspective on, you know, uh, thematically the heart and what the heart wants. It's giving me time to think about what's really important in this life, mostly after having to move back home money. Money's important. <laughs> Financial stability is a really good thing. <laughs> but the other day, my 92-year-old grandma asked me one of her favorite questions that she asks repetitively because she has dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's an opera singer in her previous life, and so she enunciates her T's with the same easy certainty that she dots her eyes with in her 1950s letter. She used to write me, Dear Natasha, the weather hasn't been the same without you. And the tomatoes, well, they're losing their bloom. (laughs) She asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, what do I want to be when I grow up? Damn it, I can't even convince my near Alzheimer's grandma in the 15 minutes we have of memory together (laughs) that I am adult enough to be grown up already. (laughs) Well, Grandma, that question... Can we start with an easier one first? (laughs) She just stared at me, probably already forgetting what she had asked me. (laughs) I think I want to be richer, smarter, and more carefree. Wait, that's not right. I'm not rich enough yet to be richer. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma, what do you want to be? She didn't miss a beat. Hot stuff. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma's pretty wise, and I would say wise behind her years, but she's almost a centurion, so... <laughs> she still always leaves you wanting more. Um, we call her Grisma. I'm not really sure why, but it's fun to say. <laughs> she's <laughs> sort of shrunken over from osteoporosis, and her glasses, uh, she created the original glasses-too-big-for-your-face hipster trend. <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's been smoking since she was 13, but for some reason she can still breathe. <laughs> and she always kicks my ass whenever I'm, you know, she sees me coming in from just working out. The first two questions she always asks me is looking at me in the most non-judgmental, judgy way grandma can is, how much do you weigh? <laughs> and then, why are you exercising? Can't you do this? And she'll bend over and touch the ground, pressing her palms flat to the ground. <laughs> I think she has an unfair advantage because her spine has curved <laughs> <But> <laughs> I've never been able to do it so I still admire her <laughs> she's very wise but she's also very mischievous she's a uh, Neapolitan she's from Naples so <laughs> the mafia connection is very certain um, <laughs> once when my sister Angelina did something my grandma didn't like she turned to me my grandmother turned to me and whispered I'm going to push her down the stairs when she's not looking <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, her wine glass was half empty, but her days was pretty steady for being three sheets to the wind. <laughs> and why the hell did my grandmother feel the need to whisper that? <laughs> I feel like she really meant it. <laughs> I grew up Mormon, and more Mormon missionaries have lost their virgin eyes to my grandmother's impromptu expose of her scars <laughs> than... Uh, Idaho, the sons of Idaho, Utah, and the church would probably care to admit, we will be in the middle of a dinner, and halfway through her wine glass, she'll just stand up and say, who wants to see my scar? <laughs> You're all imagining already, yeah. <laughs> It starts with the cesarean section scar on the left from her first son, the one on the right from her second, and then if no one's able to stop her within the five seconds that that happens, she tries to lower her pants to show you her appendix scar. <laughs> this is my grandma. This is what she does. She makes the best goddamn apple pie this side of Pittsburgh because to her, Pittsburgh, where she grew up, is still the center of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And she loses her teeth the way most people lose their remote. (laughs) And in the same places. (laughs) So it makes complete sense that on her 92nd birthday, my mother decided to give to her a pound of peanut (laughs) M&Ms for her birthday gift. The woman who can never find her teeth. And obviously, for reasons I shall choose not to admit, knows how to use her mouth in ways we would not like to think about. (laughs) So my mom gave her a pound of peanut M&Ms, which for those of you unfamiliar with M&Ms, are peanuts covered by chocolate in a hard candy shell. (laughs) And they, with all the rest of the gifts on her birthday dinner, went to the corner with a piled up of, you know, nondescript gifts. Oh, thank you. In fifteen minutes she forgot it was her birthday. <laughs> the next day I came into her room and you know, was shooting the shit with my grandma. Grandma, what's up? We're talking. And I noticed a bowl of peanuts by her bedside on the table. Now, grandma doesn't eat peanuts, so I was surprised. But I thought maybe this was a new snack, snack that she had embraced. So while I was talking to her <laughs> while I was talking to her, of course. <laughs> Natasha, who can't touch her hands to the ground and obviously doesn't want to tell her grandma how much she weighs, (laughs) went straight for the peanuts. (laughs) I'm Natasha. (laughs) Um, Went straight for the peanuts. (laughs) The first one I ate was a little moist, but I thought it was... the dehumidifier in her room just was not working too well. (laughs) And I kept on talking to her. The second one, I will be honest, Goldilocks, was a little chocolatey and not quite right. (laughs) And by the third one, I noticed the tiny flecks of candy shells that seemed to speckle half the batch of peanuts. (laughs) And I stopped, (laughs) mid-peanut, and said, Grandma, these aren't just peanuts, are they? (laughs) I don't know why I expected an answer from a woman who can't remember how many times she's eaten breakfast that day. (laughs) But I left that room, (laughs) never eating snacks out of the bowls by my grandmother's bed again. (laughs) And I did find the the completely empty one-pound bag of (laughs) M&M's in her bathroom garbage can. (laughs) Um, I love living at home because it reminds me of the things that are most important like family, financial stability, and always asking where the pile of M&M's or peanuts that you're eating from came from. (laughs) Thank you, Natasha.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, thank you. There was... First night back in town, and she comes to your stories. That's really fucking cool. Thank you so much. You guys, we're going to do two more stories, and we're going to close out the night with some more rock and roll, because rock and roll is the best. First up.
1: What is it? Seriously.
0: Yeah. Uh, Araceli Vargas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
6: hi, my name is Araceli Vargas. I'm originally from the south side, southeast side. I live in Hammond now. But, um, I was raised by. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, but yeah. I was originally, uh, I was raised by my grandmother, my, uh, uh my aunt, and PBS mainly, and I also have, <laughs> yeah, people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. My mom, uh, gave me up not once, not twice, but three, uh, 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 times. <laughs> She did. And no bullshit. My, ba- my birth name was actually Baby Girl Vargas because it was a heavy uh, custody battle when I was first born. Because had I been born a boy, my mom would have given me to my dad. So <laughs> I was Baby Girl Vargas. And they were arguing about who was going to have the baby. Not over who wanted the baby, but who did not want the damn baby. So I was like, you take her. No, you take her. No, you take her. Finally, my mom's like, all right, cool. I was born March 29th. My mother said, alright, cool. I have to put her out my taxes. I gotta get that deduction. So this is the thriller. This is my mom. She's fucking awesome now, but like, she was all, she's, she's still nutty. (laughs) She has dementia as well, by the way, now. (laughs) So, um, no, um, so, we're at, she's in front of the tax lady. The tax lady's like, you gotta give her a name. She needs a social security number. She needs all of this stuff. What is her name? My mom's like, I don't know. A. Vargas, I don't know. My, the tax lady goes, well, my daughter's name is Araceli. Uh, mom's like, All right, put that down. That is exactly how I got my name. There was no heartwarming, heart like, oh, it's a family name. It was my grandma's thrice removed. No, bitch, I just got it from the tax lady. (laughs) 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 I... But yeah, no, I there was also, I mean, I would go around all this glorious city. My mother worked hard. She worked really, really hard. She had two or three jobs, but sometimes she would have Sundays off. So she would take me on the green limo. And on the green limo, back in the day, the CTA bus was green. She would all, (laughs) we called it the green limo. I thought that's why everybody knew about this. Yeah. We called it the Green Limo in a city of fifty-two? That's an like old ass joke, but yeah. <laughs> so on Sundays there was a thing called the super transfer. And she would basically get on this thing and take me all around the city to anything that was free. I'm sorry, I'm just so used to the mic already that I'm already playing to it. <laughs> but um but yeah, so she would take me to anything that was free, museums, museum science and industry, things like that. Anything that was fucking free to her. So like one time we were at the carnival, right? And she's like, she decides she's gonna do some shopping. So the thriller. Doesn't know, she also, before any of these trips, my mom was a heavy-duty alcoholic. And before any of these trips, my mom would have two beers. And to this day, she contends it's just two beers. But the thing is, I believe her, my mother's four foot eight. And those two beers were fucking 40s. (laughs) So, two beers is for real. <laughs> so, we were at the fun carnival, and the thrillers are like, all right, you know what? I'm going to let you go round and round on these little things that were car things. They were like, beep, 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 and you would push around. And we were, I went around for a minute, and all of a sudden, I turn around, and I has gone. I'm like, where the fuck the thriller go? I'm like, oh, shit. Next thing you know, my mom comes back. It's almost nighttime. Like, the sun is setting. I'm I'm six. <laughs> the sun is setting and my mom is like, alright, alright, let's go, let's go and the guy's like, no, you can't go anywhere she took all these rides, you owe me this much money my mom has a hand bags of parcels where she just, now instead of pawning these in and saying, you know, I'll be back with these she leaves her six year old daughter with the car with the, with the carny oh. yes, that was the last time I was allowed to go out with the thriller <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so, I, I we came back, she came back, my aunt and my godmother came to pick me up. I swear to god, I had already stopped crying by the time they got there. But once I saw them, I was like, ah! <laughs> I played. I played up the melodrama, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the thriller. Um, like I said, that was, second time was to my godmother. Third time was actually when I was, uh, 16, 15. I had a lot of issues going on around that time. I was like, I was in gangs, doing drugs, and a bunch of shit. So I had several, uh, court dates. I had probation officers from Cook County, Lake County, Porter County. I skipped LaPorte County and went to St. Joseph. Basically, everything's uh-huh. on 8094. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had that shit. Uh-huh. So, um, oh uh, yeah, and then so my mom was getting tired of it. She was like, I'm not going to go to court. I'm not going to court. Fuck you. Fuck you. And this is right after my birthday. I'm already fucked up. I'm jacked up. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, so. My mom's like, fuck you, I'll go to court for you. She gets on the cab, she calls the cab, the cab takes her. She comes back with two marshals and a probation officer. And um, I didn't come home for another year until they actually released me as an emancipated minor because the family court decided that she was crazy too. So I was actually released as an emancipated minor two days after my 17th birthday. I wrote a rap about it. Y'all want to hear it? <laughs> They gave me my psychological playing with ink blots, defining my disorders and deeming me almost nuts. And I'm regretting my decision to flip off the court, never forgetting Mama's bitching and threats to report. And now I'm wishing that I listened. The court surely did. They wrote verbatim what well, she stated. The judge had a fit. I woke up feeling drunk and nauseous as fuck. And they had been knocking for a while, but Mama would not giving up. She was persistent and insisting I open the door. But I was wasted, half naked and sprawled on the floor. Thank you, Thriller. <laughs>
0: That was fucking sweet. I didn't know that was a musical entry as well. That was fucking great. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We have one more story. This this young lady coming up is the uh, progenitor of Midwest Action. Like I said, I met her at a Your Stories. This was more than three years ago, before this was a podcast, before I hosted it. It was at that dinky place on Montrose, right? What? Studio, studio 44, which does not exist anymore. Uh, but yeah, I met her in the audience there. I told a story about a comic book artist who harassed me, kind of. And, uh, you know, it was friendship at first... It was Scott McDaniel. It was friendship at first sight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from Midwest Action, Alyssa Lee Welch. Hey,
1: everyone. First
7: off... Do you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Alright, yeah. my the one thing I've always wanted to do is like walk up and introduce myself like Dee does when she does stand-up. Howdy 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 and then just like gag and walk off stage. But unfortunately my stomach is stronger than that. So here I am. Um so I thought today my story would just kind of be about how I started Midwest Action and how it was kind of just like begun with just a love for my love for the Heartland. Um, I started it in like 2011. It you know it was a minute ago. I was <laughs> I uh, I had some friends who were writing for blogs and you know I'd kind of like tag along with them every now and then and I'd go to a show and and I thought it was real cool because I'd I'd be the plus one on the guest list and you know like oh, yeah, no, we're cool, we're in, you know. And, you know, you just walk in, and, and you get a beer for maybe, like, half off because you press or, you know. It, I always thought it was kind of cool. So I wanted to kind of, like, make that that experience, but make it for me. So, <laughs> so um, what I wanted to do originally was to, because I was working kind of, I wanted to, like, use my free time and um just screen t-shirts. What I wanted Midwest Action to be was like a place for me to just like screen t-shirts. It was my first time. I was going to try it out. It was going to be fun. My parents had a space in the garage that was like all mine and I like hung a poster up and you know it was super cool so I bought like $400 worth of blank t-shirts and I like went to town and I made like a bunch of t-shirts and then nobody bought them. Good times guys. But um The part of that, too, was that like I wanted to make this T-shirt line that was kind of a collaborative effort between myself and just artists from the Midwest that I liked who had designed other T-shirts for me, which I should have also mentioned that as well. But um, I wanted like another part of that to be like once a week, I was going to write a blog post about a musician that I found from the Midwest that I liked and I wanted to share. And I was going to write... A post about an artist or a designer or whatever from the Midwest that I found, and I wanted to share. And I just wanted, I wanted it to be like ninety percent t-shirts and ten percent here's some other stuff that's kind of cool. So that happened for like a month, and then like someone was like, "Hey, I've got this concert, you should come review it." And oh, hey, I've got this, you know, art show, you should come out and. Oh, I've got this, and people just started like reaching out to me, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is what I'm doing now." So, t-shirts went like over there, and you know, sometimes I thought about them, but you know, no, no one bought them. They were, they were in a box. We have t-shirts in the car. Yeah. Yeah. T-shirts are ten dollars. You can buy them at Midwestsection.com. Anyways, um, yeah. For a while, I was even afraid to open the box because it was in my garage, and I was afraid that spiders were in it. This box does not have spiders, so um, <laughs> that we know of. So yeah, I just kind of started doing that, and I was kind of like doing it all on my own, and you know, life was good. But it started getting really overwhelming, and I, at one point, my my credit card. <laughs> got declined. And I was like, well, this is fate. <laughs> I just kind of let everything just like expire and it kind of closed out. And I was like, well, that was fun while well, it lasted. You know, I just kind of floated around for like a year without it. And, you know, like it was, I always kind of wanted to bring it back, but I was like, it was kind of, you know, I was doing it all by myself. No one bought my t-shirts. you know. <laughs> So um, eventually, I had my other friends who were writing for blogs decided that they were just unhappy and you know, screw that other blog. And I was like, well, I've got this domain name that I didn't, like. I haven't paid for it, but maybe it's still there, you know. <laughs> so I like just kind of started that all again, and we all just kind of like came together collectively at once, and it just all worked out, and it was it was super awesome. So we've just been you know going to shows and. I, I'm super thankful for Midwest existing at all because it's like granted me great opportunities. We um, we went down to Austin Psych Fest. I yeah twice. I didn't know that Austin PsychFest would be like, oh hey, your Facebook page has 300 likes. Why did you come down from Chicago and you know check us out? But they did, and it was it was pretty cool. You know, I went down there and I saw which. Dan has heard me a million times tell this story, but I saw my favorite band in the world perform for the first time under blue lights, and it was in front of a river, and I just stood there and just, like, cried, and it was beautiful. And, yeah, it was it was really emotional, but, you know, it happened. and You know, I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> but, <so. laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, so we all just kind of came together, and I just wanted to find, like... The things that I think are great, and I want you to know they're great, and I'm going to, like, grab you by the shoulders and shake you because I'm, like, I just have so much faith in the things that I'm, like, coming across all the time. We just constantly, I'm, like, over overwhelmed with how much good music and good art there is in the Midwest, and it's just... I just want people to know that you don't have to go to the West Coast or the East Coast where everyone thinks, like, cool stuff is happening. Like, cool stuff is happening in Iowa, and cool stuff is happening in Kansas. And, you know, jazz is happening in Kansas. Barbecue. <laughs> Barbecue jazz might be happening. Um, but, yeah, I think part of my, uh, my connection to the heartland is just because I feel like people in the Midwest just – just feel a lot more about like the place they're from, and they're just really connected, and and that's Heartland.
0: Guys, that was Alyssa from Midwest Action. You can check out everything they're up to at MidwestAXN.com. Why oh, don't I have one more song, um, Nathan? very graciously broached this topic earlier. Let's kinda let's let's end kind of where we started, guys. So I don't know why history has judged our opening artist, Bruce Springsteen, as some kind of paragon of of rock and roll salvation and the final artist we're going to play as kind of a schlocky joke. But I'll tell you that I agree with history on this one. I think history has it right, and I think maybe that's because when you release your first two albums under the name Johnny Cougar, no one will ever take you seriously. Uh that said this is a kind of a sweet jam and you guys can help sing along with it. Uh so here's our closing song.
2: Night. It's American kids growing up in the heartland. Jackie's gonna be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. <laughs> Sucking on chili dog outside the Taste of Free. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hand between the knees. Jackie said, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shady trees. driven off those five words, let me do what I please. Say, oh yeah, life goes on, long after the thrill of living Best James Dean. Women and men. Oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Oh yeah, still life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. A little ditty about Jack and I American kids doing the best they can.
0: Everybody, this has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com.
2: Thank y'all, thank y'all. I am grabbot23548x.